today. I am uh, a little bit behind trying to uh, catch up with myself. Greetings, Queen Mother. How you doing? Oh, I'm very blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Good to hear your voice come through. I say. Yeah, there's well, time. Well, it has... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. It has been one of those uh, days again. Um, it's very hard to uh, get it together. days like that as you I listen to you I'd love to share something with you but I'll listen for your continuous instructions oh no oh no Queen Mother this is your hour that's why I wasn't saying too much when I (laughs) well I, I am receiving this precious moment and I think it's just befitting that in light of all that may have gone on and we can offer a wonderful set of words that comes out of don't give up. So let's just hear this now as we prepare to go into this evening's special conversation with our listening audience. Don't give up on love. Don't give up on truth. Don't give up on black folks. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the children. Don't give up on peace. Don't give up on joy, on honesty, on righteousness, on your dreams, on prayer, on happiness, on tomorrow. Don't give up on justice, on health, on understanding. And don't give up on family, 
on your hopes. Don't give up on relationships, on your ideas. Don't give up on life. Don't give up on God. Just keep the faith. So we are entering to this June 25th day as it begins to close out. We know we've had an opportunity like we've never had before, which is just to keep breathing. So we're going to offer this prayer that is fairly consistent with our Tuesday evening broadcast that says, Oh, God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. This is really a time for us all to give thanks and be thankful that we've had a day that we can rejoice in, a day that we can give thanks just to say we are blessed and give thanks that we are with others who of like minds. And let us just shout out the word victory, victory that we have it when we choose to declare it. And we can then rest ourselves and comfort ourselves and to be encouraged and never give up. For this we will pray now, henceforth, and forevermore. And we say amen and ashe. So we are so thankful that our dear producer of this show is listening with ears to be encouraged and ears to know that there's an opportunity for our listeners to know they're so special. And we are sending out our weekly love energy clap, and we are trusting that we are getting still now so that we can receive the energy love from our hearts and then we can share it with others. So this is how we're asking you to participate in the energy love clap that is established so that we can open our hearts wide and know that's where our treasure lies. We're going to reach out our arms to stretch our arms out in front of ourselves, all as far as we can stretch them. And then when we stretch them out that far, we're going to bring them together in a clap. When we bring them together in a clap, we're just going to clap for a minute. Clap for a minute. And you can hear the sound of your own energy coming together. And as you do that clap with your hands, you're going to begin to just bring your elbows in towards your heart. So instead of clapping outward, you're going to clap inward. You're going to take those hands, you're clapping them, you're bending your elbows, and you're directing that energy to your heart. And as you do it, just kind of be still and notice what you're doing. You love yourself, right? We love ourselves. We're loving each other. And as we clap our hands, we're giving thanks that we have hands to clap. We're giving thanks that we have a heart that's still beating. We give thanks that we can love ourselves beyond measure, and we can also love others beyond measure. And while I don't see those that I'm speaking to right now, I just want you to know that you are so special, and we offer this love to ourselves. It just reminds us how blessed we are. And daily we can just look into our mirror and say, here I stand, loving myself, bringing energy that I need to strengthen my day and get me ready to go into the day that I can control if I choose. So we're going to just do a clap, three more claps. We're going to do a one, bring it into our heart. We're going to do a two and bring it into our heart. We're going to do a three and we're going to bring it into our hearts. We're going to just rest our hands on our hearts. 
with our fingers pointing upward and our in the base of our hands against our heart. And we're going to send this love into the airways and to all of those around the world right now to just say how blessed we are that we are still breathing, having a breath of life, that we can clap ourselves and love ourselves deeply and dearly, no matter what, unconditionally. And we're sending this love out to Sister Darlene right now this morning, this afternoon, this evening, so that she know how blessed we all are to be in the presence of the almighty praiser who gives us an opportunity to live and move and have our being in divine love. For this we shout, thanks, 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 thanks for the victory that is ours. So, Hashem, Hashem, Hashem. This is just the beginning of a good night of, of shared moments, of shared love and shared wisdom and shared understanding. So, that having been done, and we're now moving forward, I just know that most of you who listen to us weekly know that I was not online on last Tuesday, and I know you know I was attending a very special event at the National Black Theater where we were celebrating the Founders Day and the 5th Annual Cheer Spirit Awards, and this is dedicated to Barbara Ann Tier, who in 1968 founded an institution that was built on cultural transformation, social change, and historical innovation within the African-American community. And that place called the National Black Theater, which is located at 125th Street and 5th Avenue in Harlem, is an example for artists to aspire to own and produce art forms that encourage building theater environments that instill dignity, respect, and self-love. So it's just a profound um, blessing that we have a place that we can call our own. And if anyone ever comes into the New York City area, and those who have been, just remember that at the corner of 125th Street and 5th Avenue, Avenue, the, the avenue that divides the east from the west is the National Black Theater. And we always think, we're so thankful that Sister Barbara Ann Teal, uh was so blessed to be so committed and so dedicated to transform a community from the old way of Western thought to another way of African influence. So we're so thankful. And we also acknowledge a social worker, a social work sister by the name of Frederica Tier, who helped to transform theater into a business. And so that's why for these 45 years, the National Black Theater has been able to stand on that corner against many ups and downs and Right now, we could benefit from a large endowment so we can keep the physical premise just the way we want it to be and continue to have events there. So that was on Tuesday of last week. But now, a day later was a great day, a great day of celebration at the National Black Theater that Wiley alumni came together for its sixth year to celebrate the 148th anniversary of freedom from slavery for the people who lived in Texas. And all of us know that 150 years ago, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by Abraham Lincoln to free slaves. And while we have that documentation and it's been written, signed off, we still have so much more to do. So tonight, while we 
recognize that June uh, completes our month of celebrating our males, our fathers, our manhood, our brothers, we also know that we have a lot to do to continue to bring together reform and transformation so that there can be justice in our communities. We know that while we are celebrating 150 years of freedom and 140 years of slavery removed in Galveston, Texas, that we can continue to know that we have to remove um, the chains and the shackles and the bondage from our minds so that we can be so free, so free to choose life the way we want it chosen. And for those who are listening, I'm sure most of you know that um, the proclamation is something that gave us our freedom. And for for those of you who do not know, that it was on the 19th of June in 1865 in Galveston, Texas, that General Gordon Granger went into that state and let those who had been suffering in slavery two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. And this is what he said. The people are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them become that between employer and hired labor. The freed are advised to remain at their present homes and to work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect a military post and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. So on on uh, Wednesday, the 19th of June, we marked that 148th anniversary that I spoke about, announcing freedom from slavery. But we know that while that proclamation was signed, we do need to remove that slavery, that residue that continues to plague us daily when we have not recognized that we are in control of our minds, our bodies, and we do that energy love clap. We can just know that we are loved no matter what. And though we came over in that middle passage, and though we were freed from slavery, our minds are still a bit warped. I know sometimes I wonder my mind, what can we do to really know that we are no longer in shackles, we're no longer in chains, and that we can do all things through that Christ-like anointing inside of us. And if we recognize today was a major day because the president had to come and make a speech about voting rights. So there's so much we still have to work on and work with. But as men and as women who are free now to make choices that we could not make, we want to bring our children up with them understanding that they are not in bondage, that they are not in sacrifice now as we were in the days of old. But we can look forward to a future that is set with economic opportunities, with educational opportunities, with a cultural reference point that we can use. This is just a blessed moment for us all to take a look at ourselves and see if we're doing the best that we can to improve our community, transform our families into healthy families, into loving bodies who get up in the morning with a, with a fresh start and a smile on their faces. And when they go to bed at night, they can check out, did I do anything to somebody that was not loving and kind? 
And I'm so pleased that I got a calendar this month from the Salvation Army, and it talked about kindness and how blessed we are to to, to just know are we doing kind things to ourselves and to each other. So this is a moment that we can just just declare that we are free. And also I want to just acknowledge one that on the on Wednesday we were acknowledging three institutions. One was the National Black Theater. The other was the Freedom Institution, and we just said free at last, free at last. And the other was Wiley College that hosted the, the uh, Juneteenth event. And the National Black Theater was was formed in 1968. The proclamation was signed in 1863. And Wiley College, which is a... Methodist School in Marshall, Texas, was founded in 1873. So we looked at some very historic moments, and most of you, I'm sure, have heard about The Great Debaters, or you've seen it. If not, just know it's a wonderful movie about the debate team at Wiley College who could not debate white colleges, but when they had a chance, they won, and it's such a celebration. And we do have a documentary about the life of those who made that uh, film of reality, people like James Farmer, who started CORE, the Congress of Racial Equality, and three other very, very um, um, prophetic men who some have gone on to glory now. But one of the things that Wiley College was noted for was that Dr. James Farmer, Sr., who was the father of James Farmer, who started the Congress of Racial Equality, and that film was built on, was the first black in Texas with a Ph.D. degree. And the visionary Melvin Tolson was the most distinguished debate coach in the United States. So here we are, 2013, 150 years later, looking at our families. What's happening with our families, our young boys? Are they growing up to know how to dress with their ties on if need be? a wonderful African robe on if they need be, but just so sharp because in their hearts they know that they are free and they have parents and they have ancestors that came as as kings and queens and that we all have a future to look forward to. So this is a way of saying let's teach ourselves how to love more. Let's teach ourselves how to be more courageous, to never give up and not quit and just say today is the best day of my life, and tomorrow the best is yet to come. And for this we shout hallelujah, give praise and honor to all of ourselves and to those who are listening tonight. We love you. We care about you because we care about ourselves. And so this we say, ashe, ashe. It was a long night, but it's still wow. really cool. Ashe. <laughs> <laughs> that was some powerful words, Queen Mother. Wow. That's all I can say. Ashay, you know, it's so often that we don't know the history of our people and, you know, the things that they had to go through in order to, you know, participate in the society. And these are things that we take for granted and, you know, Children don't aspire to be great debaters and don't aspire to be scholars. And, you know, it's so sad now that um, the element that uh, rocks the country, you know, for the teenagers is these droopy pants, especially these young men. Droopy pants and shirts all down over their droopy pants and... Mm -hmm. 
there sipping brown liquor out of cups and throwing them on the ground and just making a mockery of, you know, being free. Because that's a slave mentality. <laughs> you know, you you following the next guy and you just don't know that these are things that um, people started in prison to signal they was ready to have sex in their butt. You know, you tell young people that, they say they don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. That ain't what I'm doing. You know, I want to get nasty. And, you know, I think what happened is that the ancestors that returned in these young people have been um, for too long just um, not given the acknowledgement and the resources to connect, you know, generation to generation. These, this is the first generation that seems disconnected, you know. They're very narcissistic, and I'm talking about these young people under 21, you know, in their, you know, early um, teens through 21 years old. You know, they're very disconnected. They're the generation that uh, seems to not be connected, you know, to have no identity, that they're very um, narcissistic in a sense that they care about themselves. You know, and anything else is is un you know unimportant, unnecessary. You know, and and where you can see that um, the problem lies is that there's a lack of concern for the community as large, being you know able to survive because, you know, we give our children so much of what we didn't have, you know, and try to provide them with everything that their hearts desires, but we haven't given them a soul. We haven't given them a heart to care and to love other people and care about other people. I'm not saying that all children exhibit that because there are exceptions, but the great majority of these young children have been truly disconnected. So they have no identity. Their identity is uh, self-based. They think they raised themselves. They think they made themselves. Mother, they don't care about mother or father. You know, and it's sad. Because, you know, we're going to we're going to uh, lose this generation if we're not careful. Yeah, where, does, where do we really begin to uh, um, redirect? Because it has to be on an ongoing basis right now. Because you're so right about the, the lack of consciousness about the good and what is the best or what is the priority. And it's really who's directing our, the minds of our young. And that's the piece that, that they have not a standard that they are working from. And so their best standard is how they're, how they're relating to each other and who is, I guess, we got to the baddest 
and who can do the most damage to someone else and then how to get the reward for it. And I'm really certain that some of the violence that's taking place in our communities now, where it's just, just random shots, random shooting, no matter where, and the age doesn't matter, is that it's really uh, a way of proving the, 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 and I don't want to use the word manhood, but some sense of a proof that I can accomplish something, and what a way to accomplish something. So I'm certain it's it's, an, it's that lack of identity, as was just said, but the identity comes from a negative point of view. So there has to be more um, intensive work now, visual work, so that that it can be seen. That's it. Okay. And you know. People are needed to reach back and connect this generation. And and while I definitely know we need to pray for them, that is a given. You know, but um, we have to speak to each other's children as we see it because they're not listening to their parents. No. They they may connect with you as a stranger who don't have no interest in them but also sharing the wisdom that you have. You know, don't miss an opportunity to share wisdom with a young person who seems to be lost because they might not hear you at that moment, but eventually they'll get it. Yes, yes, yes. And so often I'm uh, advised to engage a young person who may be riding the subway or just be maybe standing waiting for the subway. It's been a pretty consistent pattern over the past few weeks where I've uh, witnessed young people who are in some thought condition that I know needs attention. And sure enough, when they're engaged, that we get to support them to take a, at least bring a smile back to the face. This is a different grouping, but it's still a young person who is who is grappling with the next day and how she's going to get through it. So it's it's all kinds of needs that uh, we have to meet for our young people, our young minds who are just in a in a kind of a lost state, and they do listen to their parents or they do listen to adults, but the listen what they're hearing is nothing that is increasing their ability to be positive. It's just how to get out of the way and I think the language that's used, of course we know it and it does influence um behavior. Uh and where the school now is really becoming the parent in many instances. So I was just so glad that within New York City that the um mayor and the Board of Ed Chancellor they begun to offer a gentle uh, uh, support for young kids is so necessary because it affects them so much more. I mean, it, it affects them when they have aches in their and they can't really share some of the concerns that they have. So that was a real big asset that took place this week uh, in, within the Board of Ed system where young children can have dental care. So that was- oh, I say. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at one time the... New York City had health resource officers, and it was their job to uh, link young people to, you know, health care and find out different problems and to connect with the state of being, you know, for young. And I'm sure that um, the program meant well, but eventually they took the dollars out and, 
they no longer have re- health resource, you know, people in the schools, you know, that um, the schools have become partially responsible for the parenting because life has been so hard for parents that many have to get two and three jobs. And those without, you know, um, the parenting skill, you know, often repeat the mistakes of the previous generation, you know, uh, which is, um, you know, having babies and not really being supported via structure, you know, of extended family, you know, mom being overwhelmed, dad being overwhelmed, and dad, you know, may try to take care of his family through, um, you know, crime. Although, you know, we know in our hearts that crime does not work, that the bitterness from not having access to opportunities, you know, have made some people switch and go down that aisle feeling they have no other choice of criminality, you know. That is so the case. And I I, I know there's a way of, of brain study. There's a way of just how to understand the... Um, Behavior that eventually moves a child, a young person, into the prison system. And when they're really acting out of behavior that they know is going to cause them to go through, the, through that system, that they, there's no, has not been a way for them to, to uh, control their behavior, so if that is the case. And when we know that the, the prison system is so filled now and it's going to continuously, will be continued, it will continuously be, be filled because of the behavior that is is um, transmitted or the behavior that is uh, shown by our young people. So that is really quite a question mark, knowing that you're going to go into the prison system when you do a certain kind of act. But but that does not stop the the young person from doing that kind of behavior. So that the, in, the community environmental influence is so strong that there hasn't been anything right now to offset, and that's what we are talking about right now. But we, as you said, we do have to continue to focus our prayers on behalf of change and being transformed, the children's minds being transformed, and parents as well, and to be that second parent when needed. And I know we do all of us somewhere doing it right now as we speak that we're doing it within our own family, we're doing it within the community. So we are doing it in ways that we can, but it just has to be an increase of how to keep reaching out because it's so necessary. Every corner, every every block, there's a need for someone's hand to be reaching out as a, to support the young people who are just passing by in such need of, direct, of redirected minds. Ashay, the, you know, the key is that, um, you know, we do have to believe that every child is our child. You know, and I think that um, people who are not um, tuned in to that connection, they, you know, miss out on a valuable wavelength 
across the planet, you know, which is unconditional love and um, self-regard because if you care about yourself, you care about others. You know, nobody wants to live in the world by themselves. And, you know, the way that um, some of the children are, you know, loose on the world, they're not going to be on the world long. They're going to be locked up. And, you know, it's easier to bend a twig before it becomes a tree. And, you know, the younger you can uh, address the behaviors, the better off it is, you know. You see the young girls walking down, you know, um, and I think this has to do with parents. The youngsters walking down the streets with little short shorties on and, you know, maybe a midriff and you have an eight or nine-year-old with a midriff and short shorties. What is wrong with you, parents? (laughs) You know, you're creating an avenue of destruction for your baby. Because there are many men that are not looking at this baby as a baby. But we'll see, you know, this child is a sexual object. It's happening daily as we speak. It's so real. It's so real. So the industry, the uh, mindset. So it has to be a um, some form of reminder, um, a, a vocal reminder. So the um wherever there's a visual wherever there's a voice that's loud enough to just start putting some some new thoughts in the atmosphere so that um while you may not be thinking about it because all around our, our all around the community is what you're talking about to see someone who is dressed differently from where you're saying is just rare because it, it the uh, the dress code is is just Minuscule now You can just do whatever you choose However you choose And really When I see our young women With with just so little on Because from the top It's exposure From the bottom It's exposure So there is very little uh, That is not exposed at the um, And there's no sense of, of um, How to protect one's body If you choose to protect one's body Just from a public display Um so uh, that, that influence of, of looking at it differently, do you think that if some designers would would uh, be bold enough to begin to just stockpile clothing that would, or, or when you sh- when you're shopping that there would be some instructive uh, words that might start you thinking about it a little bit differently? There has to be a, some way to to influence change and, and have a transformed community. I say that is so true, and you know it's so funny because um, people will tell you to mind your business, you know, about these young children and how they're preparing them for you know being looked at as sexual objects and not receive that message that you need to put some structure in your mind based on what you're putting on your child, you know, are you setting your child out for 
you know, to be viewed as a sexual object. And there's many, many, many um, sick people who think children, you know, it's a right to molest children and to engage negative behavior with children. And we just need to, you know, check our own selves, you know, as parents and what we buy, you know, if they're not selling um, clothing that makes sense, start to learn how to make clothes for your children. You be the next thing, you know. We just hope that at this point um, we can move through the airways of, the, of different ways of, of prevention. And after prevention, we... If you don't get into prevention, how to have a stop gap as early as possible, as you spoke about earlier, how early uh, we can get into the mindset or the changeover from um, what is not helpful to something that is helpful, and it is the young, young, young women and, and the young men. Uh, as I look at some of the young girls that I have worked with and. What has gone on with them? Some of them have really misstepped, and now they some are getting back into school and getting their education. But there's some been a misstep because of the need to be uh, independent and to see what's out there in the world. And what's out in the world is very attractive sometimes, but because there's no balance in it. So the young mothers and the younger generation really do need to have, have um, just what we're saying. Uh, a word, just a word, some place when we, when you're in the, when you're in the, um, um, in the vicinity, well, in the company of, are you in the same location of young people? We do really have to, to find a way to engage them and just to start a new thought pattern, a new thinking regarding what, what are you doing when you, when you're standing and having the language that you're having with your child when you're still smoking in front of your child, all the kinds of things that we know, we all know, is not useful if we want to bring up a generation that um, can see a future. And while we do use the words don't quit, we have to keep on using that and just finding ways to to redirect and and to um, uh, give hope, because that's where we are right now, how to give hope to a community that needs it. And we all need it daily, as you said. We need that that TLC. We need that words of encouragement. We need just a smile, and it doesn't matter uh, how you do it. But we know that it's necessary, very necessary. say. and you know, I I I think that um, identity is so important in this process. And I wanted to talk about um, identity. Unfortunately. I wasn't able to get uh, Dr. Terrence White back with us this week. Um, But, you know, he has enormous uh, contribution to the identity issue, which starts with a name. You know, we have to give more thought to naming our children because names empower children. And if you name them Demon, Nice, or Demonte, you know, or uh, Demand, you know, you're you're empowering the demon in them, you know, and you name them, you know, names that um, have have not been given power. 
have not been translated to usher in their role in the community. You know? That that is so real, so real. And I think even just just introducing it right now is a new is a is a way of starting the thought. It's so real when we look at the the names that are um, being given the and that whole notion of identity with purpose, where did it all start from, and what do you uh, do you give a a um a, a the name and you also give a, a a meaning to the name and all of what that can can imply um when we look at the naming now of some of our um public people movie stars when they reach out to name it, it becomes a real um daily word daily conversation the naming of a of a child naming of a baby and even those young kids, people who go into the school system in the first day in school uh their name and how they're referred to and how they're looked at just by the by the name that they're called and it's, it's well well in earlier on there were nicknames given to some of our family members and all we knew was the nickname we never really knew the full name but the nicknames were so endearing so that they had a special place, even though they may not have been called by the by the name that was eventually on birth certificates from the time when there were no birth certificates. Just, you were just a boy or, or an ex, as Malcolm X did. But that that's very true. So that, the start up with that um, in family conversation now to, to to talk with parents about the names of their children, the more those who are named now to say. Uh, what is your child's name? What what does it mean? And that's an often common conversation I have with people who are of African descent, meaning that they were they were born on the continent, and their names, no matter what, I know that their name has meaning. So that whole notion of what are you called, what do you prefer to be called, and sometimes names are shortened, and you never know what the full name is, and that full name is something very meaningful. So this is a very important topic to, to bring forth, and someone who's done a, done a lot of maybe research and spent more time with it, it really would be good to to explore and to talk about it. So it lifts up; it can either lift a child up or it can lower their self-esteem or their sense of, of who they are by what what um, what what they're being identified as, uh, and and even the source of the identity. I say. I say. And, you know, it's so funny because, um, you know, most little girls, when I see them, I call them princess, and they say yes. So they know right away they princesses, you know. And, and, and that means, you know, that's very important because you could always say a princess doesn't do that, you know, if they're out of order. And they straighten right up because they want to be connected with the princesses, you know. Uh, Disney makes a fortune on princess uh, fairy tales, and we mm-hmm. see that princesses are always strong and brave and independent, and you know usually get their uh, <laughs> their goals achieved by the end of you know the story, the fairy tale. So we really got to be mindful of how we call you know, children, and we recognize them, you know. Or I'll say to young young men, little obas, and I'll explain to, you know, the um, 
parrot that Oba means king. And they love it. Little young kings. So if we really believe that we come from kings and queens and, you know, hierarchies and in the way that we are approaching society, um, we can raise kings and queens and we can raise young people to know that they are an embodiment of beauty and grace and all these wonderful things for, you know, young people to know, you know, that they are good and they're, you know, a part of a family system that is good and that has done things, you know, a lot of people's grandparents uh, raised them and had very little education but managed to raise the family, send them to college, you know, there's so many, uh, even our um, president's wife, you know, uh, her father raised them and sent them to college, you know, to be more. And, you know, she is the first lady. But someone had to recognize her, you know, being all of these great things and capable of being so much more and to you know, invest in her education and, you know, send her to college and send her to law school. And these are how, you know, we, the generation that have been to college and have connected with this, um, you know, higher education, because you don't necessarily go to college to get a better, you know, to make money, you you go to college to better yourself and to really achieve higher level thinking, and that's what we have to do. We have to raise our thinking to a higher level and expect the best from everybody. You know, not just you know our particular family, because again, we don't live in this world alone. If I raise my children to do the right thing and then Mary next door is raising her kids to be a criminal, I'm looking at her kids possibly doing something to my children, you know? And and that's when we are looking at it individually, you know, individualistic. But if we're looking at it as a collective, I want Mary to send her boys or her girls to a good school too because... I want her children to, to to be in the same, you know, arena that my children are going to be in. I don't want them uh, enemies or, you know, having to fight a criminal element or whatever because I allowed the people next door to raise criminals, you know. We've definitely got to go in and, you know, be more proactive on what the neighbors are doing, you know and invite them, you know, to change, you know, to transform, you know, and transformation is easier when you're young. Yeah. So identity is very um, 
very important. You know, it's very important, and I I definitely wished um, that I had, you know, really reached out to Dr. White to come on so that we could talk about identity in a um, way that, uh, you know, really shifts through history and see that once upon a time the identity was slavery, you know. And, and you know, how quick is forgotten. You know, it's not even 146 years have gone by, you know. And how quick is it forgotten that um, ancestors were once slaves and put upon to do many things that... Um, you know, you would not expect from a beast a burden. And now we have an opportunity to take the mental change of our minds. And we need to free ourselves, you know. We do. And, and that was powerful what you said because there's the mental change that of slavery that are keeping us in a slave kind of uh, mindset that we have to follow the media, you know, uh, religiously. You know, we have people who, um, that's their job to get people to think like them, you know. And I had to stop watching... uh, Wendy Williams, because the the show that she has is so vacant. Mm-hmm. It's so absent of truth and understanding for the better things for everybody. She tries to um, support a royal um, celebrity class when, in fact, we're all celebrities. You know, we all are based on, you know, who we think we are in our own world. We're always on stage, you know, we always have audience, you know, and and we need to keep in mind who we have in that audience group. Because some people are going to root for you and some people are going to put you down. And, you know, if we're lauding other people's, you know, celebrity status then what happens to our own? It becomes less and less. And our own world is not as important as the fantasy world. Gosh, you know, so we have a whole um, abundance of things that we need to um, stay focused on and to be aware of and you know, and and just be a part of the world. You know, be an audience member that cheers people on and moves them forward in their, you know, great destiny because we all have great destinies. And it's whether we choose to go towards that great destiny. So, Queen Mother, we're um, about out of time. 
We're up to uh, six minutes. Um, would you like to uh, summarize and uh, press out and uh, give your information to the listeners? I think that um, the Positive Community a magazine that comes out of New Jersey has some very fine words, and they um celebrating music and history and offered a couple of things from some of the writers. This one says, keep on walking tall, hold your head up high, lay your dreams right up to the sky, sing your greatest song, and you'll keep growing, growing on. Take it from me. Somebody will all, someday we'll all be free. And that someday we'll all be free from the music and lyrics by Donna Hathaway. And then Here's another wonderful statement where we have two young boys with instruments. They're blowing the horns. And this is under them. It was said by Reverend Sheila Sampson, who is a pastor in Bronx, New York. And she says, we must guard our liberty and resist the effort of those who would wish to rob us of our divine right to live a meaningful life unsuppressed and unhindered. So our, our our conversation tonight really had to do with how to keep keep looking for a solution to some of the ills that that um, is in our community and some in our families and how we need to keep prayerful for our young mothers and young fathers so that they will offer a, another model, role, positive role model to bring up children for the next generation and how we know that being a man or being a, 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 a father, all these things are very important. And the important thing for us to know is that there's freedom and we can be free if we just look at uh, how to shake off the, 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 the shackles of, 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 of slavery that we are now able to chart our own course and we have to have a new mindset and transform the way we think and the way we move about. So I'm, I'm just sure that we will, as we said earlier, keep our faith, uh, don't give up, um, find any way we can, wherever we can, to help someone to look a little higher and a little deeper in why they may be acting out in a way that does not um, prove meaningful and successful in the future because we we are going to live longer, and, and it's clear daily that we are. So I think tonight we were able to look at freedom from a perspective of need, of need and a way to keep on loving ourselves from our energy love clap, if you will, and to give thanks for all those who are listening tonight and know that they're doing all that they can and that the, the streets can, can um, improve just because we walk them. So if anyone is interested in knowing more about transformation and helping children to look better and look differently at themselves, they can reach out to um, banksenterpriseonline.com. They can make a telephone call to area code 212-724-5482, or if they call in to you, they can also state that there's an interest. So we're looking forward to how we can continue to weekly Say something that's useful to ourselves, to each other, and to all those who listen to an improvement in our community as we look forward to July, another month coming to us. I will say amen and ashe. Ashe. Well, I want to give thanks to Derek Gibbs for the beautiful song, All Is Well, which is, you know, played at the theme, you know, at the beginning of the theme. 
um, and and played at the end, and it really does um, speak about the way that it can be. You know, we can either live in Baruch, um, Middle East, or we can open our eyes in the war and chaos, or we can open our eyes in peace and love. And we certainly hope that everybody chooses to open up into that peace and love. Thank you so much, Queen Mother. You always have a magnificent word of wisdom for us, words of wisdom and powerful words. And thank you so much for sharing your time and being with us. And we appreciate you, Ashe. Ashe, well, I am grateful that we can come together and speak something that's useful. And I'm knowing for you that this will be the best day, the evening of your life. And we are just decreeing and declaring that it is so. It is so. Ashe. I do. Thank you so much, and have a magnificent rest of the week, and I will see you guys on Friday nights with I Wolf for Take Bay, 9 p.m., Friday night. I say. I say.